Welcome to Experiencing Christ with Pastor Dennis Matovu. Freedom Experience is a teaching ministry of the Word that is driven by the purpose that believers may subjectively realize the full knowledge of the truth according to 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. Experiencing God in the incarnated Word, which is Christ to be life and light to man with grace and reality for man's enjoyment. And now, open wide your spirit to receive this great teaching which is going to empower you to begin experiencing Christ as your life. This is Pastor Dennis Matovu, worth hearing. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. <laughs> freedom reigns in this place. Showers of mercy and grace falling on every face. Freedom experience, experiencing Christ. Praise the Lord, glory to God, hallelujah, wherever you are. How are you? I know that the Lord has kept you and you are alive. We thank the Lord for this wonderful opportunity that he avails us even uh, by giving us the grace to come to minister unto you. We glorify the Lord for that and we say thank you Holy Spirit for this wonderful grace that you have bestowed upon us. Once again, I'm Pastor Dennis Matov, other from Kampala, Uganda, Freedom Experience Ministry, where we experience Christ as our life, our light and grace, and our reality for our enjoyment. God has given us Christ as our portion, and we cannot give you anything else other than the, the, the Christ that we have received, other than telling you what God has showed us, what we are learning, what we are endeavoring to become. It is a daily work that we are doing by the grace of God. And we know that by His power, He is going to enable us to become that which is pleasing. So that His purpose is fulfilled in our lives. Yes, we are in these uh, teachings of experiencing Christ daily. This is episode 21. And I believe that uh, those of you who have been following, you are you are grasping the, the vision, you are getting the picture, you are seeing the mind of God, the mind of God, you are seeing the heart of Christ, you are seeing the purpose as to why uh, God has given us his word. There are some deep things we have got to see, to go deeper in the word of life. And we are seeing this uh, Paul and his ministry and the revelation he got from, from Christ. He said that I received the vision, I received by revelation. The teachings that Paul was teaching were teachings that came out of the revelation that he got whenever he could commune with Christ, the visions that he got and the inspirations that he received. These were not teachings that he got from man because he did not learn them from the apostles. He got the vision, he prayed through the vision and God gave him more light. And that's why he explains details of Christ. Now we come as a ministry to see that we also take this grace that, that we have seen and that we have learned and we want to see that we extend it to you by the grace that the Lord provides. And we know, we trust God that is going to empower us in Jesus' mighty name. We must do the work of completing the word of God just as Paul did. The Bible says that 
he wanted to complete the word of God. And uh, we are reading from the book of Colossians, the book of Colossians, and we are seeing this man, Paul, and how God had given him the grace uh, that we are supposed to follow and imitate. And we saw that in chapter 1 of Colossians, he says he was given a ministry. And we saw that the completion of the word of God includes uh, these three important things. It includes the great mystery of Christ and the, the mystery of the church. That one we read from Ephesians chapter 5 in verses 32 uh, when the Bible said that there is a mystery which is the church and Christ himself. And Paul says that for this I labor. He says in verse 32 of Ephesians chapter 5, This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. So the mystery that he was laboring to open our eyes to see was the mystery concerning Christ and the mystery concerning the church. So we see that the full revelation uh, concerning Christ as the head, when you read in Colossians, Colossians chapter 1 verse 26, we see that uh, the mystery is also spoken by the, he says that, uh, uh, even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations but now is made manifest to his saints. He says that to whom God would make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, among the nations, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now he continues to show us this mystery. In Colossians 2, 19, the Bible says, that and not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together increases with the increase of God. Now he wants us to keep on holding the head. The work of the church is to keep on holding the head which is Jesus Christ. As we hold the head, as we keep on holding the head which is Jesus Christ, he says that whenever we we hold the head, then the body uh, will begin now to be nourished. At the joints of the body and the bands, they will be nourished, they will be ministered to, and they will be knit, we shall be knit together, and we shall increase with the increase of God. Now that he wants us to be increased with the increase of God. God does not want us to be increased with anything else other than him. He wants to increase in us. This is the burden of God. He wants to see himself in us. He is dispensing himself in our lives. That's why he tells us here in Colossians 2, 19, that the more we hold the head, which is Jesus Christ, the more we hold, we keep on holding the head, from which all the body by joints and uh, bands having nourishment ministered and knit together increases. The body begins to increase with the increase of God. And there are some teachings that people are, are ministering and preachings and uh, they, we don't see any holding of the head. Their ministry is not holding Christ. It's not keeping Christ in his position uh, as the head of the body. So when we see also in Colossians chapter 3 verses 11, the Bible continues to tell us, still in Colossians 3, 11, it says that where there is neither Greek, nor Jew, circumcision, nor uncircumcision, barbarian, or Scythian, bond, nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Now Paul is emphasizing that 
uh, of the completion of the word of God, we are supposed to reveal this mystery which is Christ and we are supposed also to reveal the mystery which is the church, the body. And once we get this full revelation concerning Christ and the head, then we shall also see the revelation concerning the church which is the body as it is stated in uh, Ephesians chapter 3 verses 3 to 6. We have got to see also the vision of the church. Uh, many Christians have not seen the vision of the church. Once they, once they say that we are saved, once they get saved, then I tell you they just uh, fellowship and uh, they begin to pray for other things. They don't see the vision of, of the church. And the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 3, it says that, How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in, in few words, he continues to say in verse 4, Whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. So even Christ has a mystery, and this mystery is the church. Verse 5 says that, Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. So the Spirit is revealing to us the mystery of the church. The church is a mystery, even as Christ is a mystery. Verse 6 says that, that the Gentiles, the nations, should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. So for this he labored, for this he endeavored by the grace that God provided him. We see that not only should we, uh, should these matters be impressed upon us, they should be even deposited in us, infused into our beings by the grace. We say that uh, this is a prayer that may the Lord make us, may the Lord make us all clear concerning his recovery and concerning the wrestling of the completion of the word of God. And if we would be those who want to complete the word of God, then we are to minister. We must minister Christ as our life-giving spirit. We must stand with the church as the living expression of Christ on the proper ground of the church our local churches and this is the ministry this is the burden and this is the warfare that's why paul said i am laboring so let us continue also today to see this mystery of the uh, of god's economy of god's administration christ being the mystery christ being the secret of god's uh, economy we are in colossian and we have been reading through verses uh colossian chapter 1 verse 2 to 29 we see uh, that Paul in this message he was he wanted us to come to the mystery of God's economy the mystery that is actually Christ himself and as we read we discovered in verses 25 of Colossians chapter 1 it was speaking of the stewardship of God the ministry of stewardship stewardship of God and we saw that the Greek rendering of the word stewardship is oikonomia where we get the word economy all an administration so we see that the stewardship is the economy and god's economy is his dispensation is his ministry of dispensation we see that we have a stewardship we have a ministry and this ministry is god's divine plan divine administration he purposed this in his economy as he was setting up the entire universe he had a plan and this plan is what we call his administration 
his economy. And in, this, in God's economy, he has a dispensation. He wants to dispense himself into us. God's intention in his economy, in his plan, is to dispense himself, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, into his chosen people. That's why you are created in his image. Just as you see the glove, the surgeon glove, it is made in the image of the hand for one purpose, for it to contain the hand. And, at, and even as the, 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 the children of God, the, the creation, man is created in the image of God so that at one time God will dispense himself into man. We are in the very image. So he is doing the work of uh, diffusing himself into us, dispensing himself into us. So we see that Christ is the mystery, the secret, and is the crucial focus for the divine purpose of God, for the divine economy of God. And this means that the secret of this dispensation, the secret of this uh, of God dispensing into us, uh, of the trying God entering into us, uh, into God's chosen people, is Christ himself. If you want to understand the mystery, understand Christ. If you want to understand why God would want to enter man, understand the life of Christ and what and the riches of Christ. That's why he wants to come into us so that we may get a clear point, a clear view. So Christ is the focal point of God's dispensation. God is pouring himself into us, himself into us. So, but we are supposed to see this all from his son Jesus Christ. So God's dispensation is altogether related to Christ and focused on him. That's why in from Genesis to Revelation, the scriptures, they are pointing at one person. God wants us to see him. He wants us to eat him as the single food, as the only manna that comes from heaven. As the only, he wants to take him as the tree of life. He wants to take him as the only riches. Praise the Lord. So we see that for centuries, Christians have been reading the episodes of Paul. But very few have seen this matter of God's economy. And we see that Christ is a mystery of this economy, of God's plan. And we have got to testify that uh, whenever we read the book of Ephesians, Colossians, you are going to see that Christ is the mystery of God's entire administration, God's economy. Now, in order to see this, uh, we need to pray. We need to exercise our spirit as we are reading the word, as we study the, the episodes of Colossians, and uh, other episodes of Galatians, Philippians, and uh, Ephesians. Because these four books, they carry the depth of what Christ is and what the church is. This is where we get the mystery of the entire plan of God. Hallelujah. So, as we let us continue to consider uh, Colossians 1, 25 to 29 in some details, so that we may get nourishment even today. Now, when we read verse 25 of Colossians 1, we see that Paul is saying that, Of which I became a minister, according to the stewardship of God, which was given to me for you to complete the word of God. Now, he says which, which, which refers to the church. He's talking about the church in verse 24, because we had read verse 24. And we see that Paul became a minister not of a certain mission work or a particular work of teaching and preaching but he wanted to become a minister of the church he was ministering to the church and he wanted 
as to minister, he was ministering Christ to the church. So the word minister here describes that uh, describes one who serves. The one who serves is the one who is called a minister. And we see that Paul says he became such a minister. But the question is, what was he serving? A true minister of God, a genuine minister of God, is the one who ministers Christ to the body, to the church. We see that he was ministering the church to the church. He was ministering Christ to the church according, and he says that this is the stewardship. This is the ministry, the economy, the dispensation of God. Now, this stewardship, we see that it was given to Paul for the church. All the revelation Paul received, they were for the church. So we see that the goal of God is stewardship. The goal of God is ministry for the church was to complete the word of God. And I told you that to complete the word of God is whereby we have got to see the depth of the scriptures, the meaning, the reality, and we see that we enjoy them, experience them, take them in their entirety, in their reality for our enjoyment, not to see them as objective teachings, doctrines, or theories. No. We are supposed to be part of the scriptures to see that they are working in us. They are, they are producing Christ in us in the name of Jesus. So, we see that the mystery which was manifested to the saints is Christ. And uh, when we see verse 25, it does not end with a period as full stop, but it ends with a comma because he was continuing to explain in verse 26, he continues to say, the mystery which has been hid from the ages and from the generations, but now has been made manifest to his saints. Now, this mystery see in verse 26 is, uh, is in the word of God, is, is to the word of God in verse 25. If you read verse 25, you see that he says that, the, uh, he says in verse 25, he talks about the, 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 the word that was given as a, a ministry to complete the word that is supposed to complete when you come to verse 25. And this is the mystery. In the word was the mystery. And this means that the word of God is the very mystery which, ha, which, was, which, which has been hid from ages and generations, but is now made manifest to the saints. I don't know how many uh, years you have been reading the Bible, how long you have been studying the scriptures, but I want to tell you, those things that you have not yet received by revelation, they are mysteries that are in the word of God that you have not yet seen in the scriptures. They are deep, deep mysteries. And the day you get a revelation, it ceases to become a mystery. It becomes a revelation that you have acquired. And a proper revelation is supposed to show us Christ. It's supposed to reveal Christ to us. Uh, as we will we'll be seeing in our teachings, we do our best to see that at least we can see Christ and the church, which is the major, major mysteries in the Bible. So, we see that uh, uh, the word of God is the very mystery, which is hid from ages and generation. That's why Christ has to, had to come as the word, so that he, he begins to define himself, to express God and to, to, to interpret as God. But now the Bible says that it has been made manifest. Why? Because the word became flesh. It dwelled among us according to John chapter 1. Christ became flesh. There was an incarnation. In other words, the process of interpreting and getting a revelation began. 
And he says that now it has been made manifest because now the Holy Spirit has been given to us. He gives us the, the, the reality, the, the understanding. The Bible says that when the Spirit shall come, he shall guide you into all truth. In other words, the written scriptures, they have got their real truths and we need to be receiving guidance of the Holy Spirit to see what is the mind of the writer, of the, the, mind, the, the mind of the author. So, we see that uh, uh, the, the, when we talk about ages, the mystery which was hidden from ages, we are talking about the, uh, it, it denotes eternity. Ages denotes eternity. And when we talk about generation, that generation talks about times. The mystery concerning Christ and the church has been it was hidden from eternity past and from all times of dispensation of generations until the New Testament age when it was manifested to the saints, the believers in Christ. You know how it came. First of all, Christ had to become the Word and the Word had to become uh, flesh. Then the revelation began to come out and we were now able to understand the entire Old Testament because of the New Testament. Because Christ came to unfold himself from the scriptures so that we might see him from Genesis. He told the, 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 the disciples that these things were written concerning me from the, uh, from the law and the prophets and even the Psalms. In other words, the entire Old Testament, the 39 books, there are some mysteries that are written that we have got to see as revelation. As we shall be seeing or if you are keeping on following this ministry programs. So, we see that the mystery concerning Christ has been there, written in the scriptures. So that means that it is important that in verse 26 of Colossians, uh, it is important uh, for us to see that uh, it does not say the mystery has been manifested to the apostles. No. It, it, Paul says in verse 26, this mystery has been manifested to the saints, to the believers. If the mystery is manifested to the pastors only, the apostles only, then it would not be uh, would not be concerned of getting that revelation because it it is manifested to some few. But Paul was clear to say that it is supposed to be made manifest to all the saints. All the saints have got to see this vision. Now, due to the influence of religious tradition, many believe that such things of God's plan, God's administration, God's economy cannot be understood by so-called laymen, believers, new converts. But if we, we are, we are going to thank the Lord that the mystery has been manifested to the saints, not to the apostles, not, not to the special few. To all those who believe in Christ, they are supposed to see this revelation, to enjoy this revelation, to experience this mystery, which is made manifest. So, uh, remember, Jesus tells Peter that upon this rock, he was talking about the revelation in Matthew 16 that uh, uh, Paul had received of concerning Christ. He had received a revelation and says this, it is always going to be upon the revelation the church will be built stronger. So whenever we get a revelation of Christ, we become strengthened and the devil cannot withstand us. Even the youngest ones, the new converts among us, they can have this grace. They, are, they, they qualify to see the mystery. They have the privilege of seeing this mystery. Who is Christ in them? So we have the privilege of seeing something that was not revealed to Adam. Are, these things were not revealed to Noah. They are not revealed to Abraham. 
Moses did not understand them. Even the prophets such as Isaiah, Jeremiah, Zechariah, the prophets did not see this mystery. That's why sometimes in the gospel, Jesus could laugh. The Bible says that he, he was happy, he was filled with joy, and he said, Lord, I thank you because these things were hidden from the people, but you have revealed them to, the, to your children that you love. Because he had begun to reveal them to the disciples in the days of Jesus. So, we see that uh, uh, this is something that the entire ministers of the Bible in the old times could not understand. They could get prophecies, prophesy them, they want to understand them, but it was not their time. It was not their chance. That's why the Bible says they are completed by the New Testament believers. All the people that died in the Old Testament, the Bible says according to Hebrews, they died in faith, waiting to see the completion. Abraham did not see the completion. They were all uh, anticipating to see what are they suffering for. And according to Hebrews, when they, 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 Hebrews chapter 11, we see that we are the ones, the New Testament ministers, the church, is the one that's supposed to complete them. So, we know that the church is the new man. We know that uh, Christ is the mystery of God. God is economy. We know that the body as, uh, is, 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 is the mystery of, of Christ. The church is the mystery of Christ. And the body is Christ's fullness. The church is Christ's fullness. We also know that the church is the new man with Christ as the content and the constituent. In other words, the, the new man, which is the church, is composed of Christ himself. We come from Christ. The church comes from Christ. That's why as just you see the picture of Adam and Eve, we see that Eve was builded from Adam. Eve is an extension of Adam. Just as the church is the extension of Christ. When Christ was pierced in the, uh, 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 by, by the spear, they, they pierced him. And, and, and where the rib, in the rib, where the rib came, uh, where they pierced him, uh, the Bible says that out of the rib came out of blood and water. And that blood and water is the, the, the birth of the church, is the extension of the church, just as, as Eve came out of Adam's rib. So we see that uh, these things are, were, have been made known to us, but the, to the Old Testament age, they were not made known to them. That's why we are, called, we are supposed to celebrate and rejoice because the Holy Spirit is continuing the work of revealing Christ and the riches of Christ for us to enjoy, not for us to know as doctrine, not for us to increase in knowledge, but for us to have the revelation. Because the revelation is what builds the church. Your revelation is what builds you. What you have seen of God, of Christ, is what you become. That's how big you are. That's how broad you are in the things of Christ. So today we have got to focus our attention upon Christ as the mystery of God and upon the church as the mystery of Christ. We have got to focus on that. In all our ministry, in all our spiritual gifts and all the powers, we have got to see that our attention is upon Jesus Christ as the mystery of God and upon the church as the mystery of Christ. So, we see that as the mystery of God, this all-inclusive Christ is the embodiment of God. The fullness of God is in Jesus Christ and is also the life-giving spirit. Now, as the mystery of Christ, the church is the body of Christ, his fullness, and the new man. 
to be the full expression of Christ as, as, as well. In other words, we have got to see this. This is the mystery that has been made manifest to the saints. Now, when we see in Paul's writing in the epistle, we see that uh, he was, he was, it was quite uh, complex and mouth-part, mouth-faced. Paul could write an episode that had many faces, meanings. He uses many long sentences with various clauses and relative pronouns. He wants us to understand the clear picture. Now, when you read through Colossians chapter 1 from verses 24 through 29, you should be, you, should, you are going to see that it is a single sentence, but it has got several things, several facets of things that we are supposed to see, and he continues to continue to show us this. That's why when we come to verse 26, it says, To whom, meaning the church, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the nations, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And when he says to whom, he means the church. It refers to the saints. So that are mentioned in, in the preceding verses. To us, God has willed to make known the riches of the glory of this mystery. He has willed. It is his purpose. It is his desire that we may know, that we may understand, that we may understand Christ and we get a revelation of Christ. We may understand the mystery of the church and we know the revelation of the church. This mystery which is Christ in us as the hope of glory is made known among the nations. We are supposed to be people who have got a revelation of this Christ. So, we see that this mystery uh, is full of glory among the nations. And this mystery full of glory among the nations is Christ in us. The moment we know that there is Christ in us, then we are going to see the glory of Christ. Christ in us is a mysterious and glorious Christ. And this is why Paul is dealing with this matter. And he goes deeper. He's writing complex uh, co uh, things that are, complex, uh, are complicated. And in his sentence, he, he, sometimes he could write longer sentences like long, this verse we have read, this context from verses 24 to 29. So we have got to go deep to see what the Lord has begun in us as the body of Christ. This is the work. This is the, the desire of God. This is what he desires. He wants us to see him through his son. Now, let us see the riches of the glory of the mystery. Because we are, if you discover the, the, if you get a revelation of the mystery which is Christ, then you begin to also see the riches of that glory. The riches of the glory of the mystery. Christ himself has got riches. You cannot enjoy, experience and understand the riches if you have not grasped the mystery which is Jesus Christ. Now, when we pay closer attention to the riches of the glory of the mystery that are spoken of in verses 27, he has said in verse 27, to whom, to the church, God would make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery. It means that this mystery has got his own riches. He has the riches of the glory. And I want us to see what are these riches. What are these riches of the glory that the, the nations are supposed to enjoy? They are supposed to, to, to be 
taking by experience. Now the riches of this mystery among the nations are the riches of all that Christ is to the Gentile believers. Christ is so much to the Gentile believers. And whatever Christ is to the Gentile believers, you and me, is these are the riches. We have got to know them. Let us come to Ephesians chapter 3 verses 8. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3 and verses 8, they talk about the unsearchable riches. It says that unto me, that is Paul, whom am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. In other words, Paul's ministry was to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. He would not be swerved away to preach any other doctrine, any other teachings, deep, deep things that are not Christ. He was teaching Christ and the riches of Christ. And this is supposed to be our ministry. We are people who are supposed to be dispensers of Christ, ministers of Christ and the riches that we have seen of Christ. And we are ministering this to his church so that the church at one time become fully grown and perfect in Christ so that we may present the church before Christ a perfect bride. Hallelujah. So at the time Paul wrote the, the, to the Colossians, the Jews regarded the Gentiles uh, as, as swine, as pigs. And we see that Paul says that God has willed to make known the riches of the glory of this mystery among the nations. Those that the Jews could consider, call, call swines, pigs, sinners. The Jews considered the Gentiles uh, uh, several terms, various terms. They, they called us sinners, rebels, enemies of God, sons of disobedience, sons of wrath. When you read the book of Romans, you see that these were the names that were named. Gentiles were the worst sinners, the re re rebels of God, the enemies of God, the sons of disobedience, sons of wrath. In other words, it took grace to pick us out of those, uh, those terms that were called. Before we were saved, we were in that category. But now we are saved, we are no longer sinners. We are no longer rebels, we are no longer enemies of God. We are, no, we are no longer sons of disobedience. But the Bible says that even among such people as these ones, God has willed to make known the riches of the glory of this mystery. Those that were once sinners, now they are the recipient of this mystery, of these riches which are in the Christ in Christ. So we thank God for that. After we were saved, uh you, 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 you didn't uh, you didn't know that you entered a certain glory. But I want to tell you, from the day you got saved, you entered a certain glory. And you, you began to have a certain kind of experience. Although you were one time a sinner, an enemy of God, a rebel of God, but the Bible says we have become sons of God. We are also heirs of God. We are joint partakers of Christ. And we are even members of Christ. The Bible continues to tell us in the New Testament, it continues to show us that we are priests and kings. We are heirs of God. We shall inherit not only God himself, but we shall inherit all things. Glory to God. So, we are sons of God now. We are heirs of God. We are partakers of Christ. We are priests and kings. What a glory this is. This is a wonderful glory.
This, these are the riches that are in Christ. These are the riches of the glory. If we see this glory that they are talking about, we shall also know the riches of the glory. Even though we lack the language to utter these riches uh, enough or adequately, these riches include the divine life. Because when they talk about riches, people think of money, they think of lands and cars, houses, and prosperity. That's what they think of riches. And this is what most preachers will preach. When they talk about the riches of Christ, they say, uh, possession is yours, cars are yours, land is yours. But as I've been telling you people, God is a spirit. He cannot give us the best riches to be physical things. No. He will always give us things that are of His Son. Things that are composed of Himself. So when you talk about the riches that the Bible talks about, the unsearchable riches of Christ, these are what we call, they include the divine life. They include the divine nature. They include the anointing and even the all-inclusive spirit, the Holy Spirit and what is filled in the spirit. In other words, other aspects of the riches are righteousness, justification, holiness, sanctification, transformation, glorification, comfort, and even the divine presence of God. When we have the divine presence of God, those are the riches of God. Those are the unsearchable riches. It is impossible to even uh, uh, list all the riches because they are beyond counting. These are the riches of the unique glory. The glory that is ours because we are sons and heirs of God, partakers of Christ. We are priests and kings. Shout hallelujah. Amen. So, we see that the key to the riches of, of the glory is Christ himself. Once you get Christ, receive him, gain him, know him, understand him, enjoy him, experience him, he is the key to these riches. You begin now to be a partaker and a sharer of such riches. So, we see that although the Jews in ancient times were people of God, according to the Old Testament, and with the, the Gentiles were swine, we are rebels, pigs, we are called everything. Remember even Jesus said that I cannot give the, 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 the food of the, the children's food to the pigs because the, the lady who had come uh, to her, to him, was a, a Gentile. So we are considered that according to the Jews' perspective. They did not recognize us, but we see that the Lord has been recognized by the, the Gentiles who are once swine we now recognize the lord but the jews they, they they are still waiting for the messiah to come they don't even believe in jesus christ now today we have many jews today that they they they, they know they, they they call jesus messiah and they have not seen the reality of that messiah they don't they have not seen him in reality so when their messiah comes and they recognize him he will only be among them but now they cannot believe that the Messiah came. They are still waiting for him. One time John said, Is he, are you the one or should we, should we wait for another? So that mentality is in them. Even when they killed Jesus Christ, they, they, were, they refused to accept that he's the Messiah. So when we come to Colossians 1.27, we see that it indicates Christ is not only uh, is not only merely among us, but is also in us. And we have got to know this, 
that Christ is not only among us, he's also in us, in our lives. To us, Christ is not only the objective one in heaven. Remember, some religious people with the religious concept, 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 they, they, they always think that Christ is in heaven. He went back in heaven and is there objectively. But you have got to know, the one who is in heaven is also in us, within us. You have got to know, you have got to get that uh, revelation that the one who went up also came back. So we see that those people that think that is objectively in heaven, they will not enjoy him subjectively in their life. They will not see him as the one who is indwelling them. But I want to tell you, the one who is objectively in heaven is the one who is subjectively indwelling us. We need to tell the Jews, we need to tell the, the, the entire people of the world that they should not wait for the Messiah to come only in an outward way. They have got to have Christ in them. They have got to enjoy to see him. The true Messiah dwells among and within us right now. That's why we have become sons of God. When you see the Jews, they receive uh, the, the Jews who receive Christ into them will not only be the people of God chosen by him, but they will also become sons of God regenerated by him. And this is what the Jews are still lacking. So, uh, this is the glory we are talking about. When we see Christ indwelling us, Christ living in us, this is the glory. And we thank the Lord for this. We glorify God for this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful revelation in Jesus' mighty name. So, uh, as believers in Christ, we know the riches of the glory of this mystery. We are supposed to be people who know these riches. We cannot exhaust them. The items are so many. The riches of such a glory are so vast. All the blessings in the Bible are all included in these riches. Now, most of us, we talk about spiritual gifts. These are part of the riches. So, we have all things that are included in the, in the Bible, all the, the blessings you see in the Bible, they are included in the riches of this glory, and which is our portion. This is our portion. And this glory is the glory of the mystery among the nations, and this mystery is Christ in us. If we pursue Christ, we shall come to these riches. The Christ who dwells within us is the mystery full of glory. We have got to see Christ as such a one who lives within us. Stop seeing Christ as such a one who is in heaven. See the Christ who is in you subjectively. So, as you take Christ as the one who is in you, you will see these countless riches. And this is the key point for the book of Colossians that we are reading. Paul wants us to see that Christ is in us. Christ lives in us, the hope of glory. He is in us, full of riches. He has got riches. So let us go back to the mystery. The mystery they are talking about before we finish. Now when we see that uh, those in Colossae, they had lost the vision of the mystery. And they had become distracted by philosophy, observances, ordinances, practices. Just as today, people have been distracted from Christ. From seeing the vision of the mystery which is Christ. They are seeing other things. Things even those of Christ. Even these people of Colossians, they had been defrauded. They had been carried away as spoil from their prize. You see, we are supposed to pursue Christ as our only prize. 
Let me take you to Philippians to, to show you Paul. Paul was showing us in Philippians chapter 3, from verse 7 to 14, he says that, But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ? Yes, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, because, he says that, Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. You see, he wants to get Christ as the prize. He doesn't want to see any other thing or to take any other thing. He says that I began to see them as loss, so that I may win Christ. Then he says that, uh, he says that I may win Christ. He says that uh, uh, in verses 9, and, he, and be found in him. He wants to win Christ, gain Christ, and be found in Christ. He says that not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. He says that, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable of his death. Paul goes on to say in verse 11, If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Then he comes to verse 13 and says that, Brethren, I count not myself that I have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are uh, before. Then 14 says, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So, this is Paul. He had to remind the, the church of Colossae that they had lost the vision of the mystery, that they had become distracted by philosophy, observances, ordinances, practices. They had been refrauded and they were carried away as spoil from their prize. Remember, our prize is supposed to be Christ. We are running the race to win Christ. Just as Paul has given us uh, in, uh, an example in Philippians 3, 7 to 14. The enjoyment of the all-inclusive Christ is our prize. Now, today, we see that today's Christians have also lost the vision of the glory of Christ as the mystery of God's economy. That's why in our preaching and our teaching and our ministry, we are ministering other things. We have been distracted from the reality, from the, the purpose of the gospel. You see, the Bible talks about the truth of the word of the gospel. And we saw that. The word of the gospel has got its truth. That is what we call the gospel truth. Not everything we preach as gospel is the truth of the gospel. The truth of the gospel is Jesus Christ himself revealed to us as the church. The truth of the gospel is the church which is the body of Christ revealed to us so that we know that we are one with Christ. That is the truth of the gospel. That is why the gospel is preached. So, we see that majority of genuine Christians have been distracted and carried away to things other than Christ himself. And because we see, we, we see that because the Colossians had been distracted, 
That's why Paul wrote to them that the mystery hidden from ages and from generation has been made manifest to the saints. And he told them this this mystery is the all-inclusive Christ who indwells who indwells us. If we have the all-inclusive Christ, we are not to pursue other things. We are not to go for other things because we have the one who is all and in all. We have no need to turn to philosophies, ordinances, observances and practices. We don't need. Today we have people who are preaching and they say, ah, 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 this anointing is special. Without this anointing, you cannot prosper. Without this anointing, without this, they, they begin to add on other things. This water, this water is special. Without this water, you cannot get the blessing. Now, these are the things we are adding on Christ. But Christ is all and in all. When we are to use the anointing, we know the work of the anointing. But that anointing is, 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 the, is the type of Christ. It is an, an, an auction which is now living in us as the real spirit of God. We have that anointing inside. The outside anointing is a type. And as we are using it, it is for healing, laying, uh, uh, praying for the sick, uh, ordaining people into offices, and other stuff as, as um, confirming people into ministry. Anointing. So, we see that the mystery is the all-inclusive Christ. He indwells us. And he has got everything that we need. We don't need to go for other philosophies, ordinances and observances and practices. So, even today, when we look at the Lord Jesus Christ, he wants us to be brought back to that mystery. He wants us to be brought back to himself as the mystery. And let us forget everything. Let us forget everything other than Christ. Let us care for only Christ. Let us take Christ, the mystery, among the Gentiles, among the nations. Let us take him as our glory, which is filled with riches. And this is the hope of glory. Once we take him, he is our glory. He is our glory. May the Lord give us such a light even today. Remember, in Colossians 1.27, they have talked about him being the glory, the hope of glory. Christ in us is the hope of glory. Christ is the mystery which is full of glory now. And this glory will be manifested to its fullest extent when Christ returns to glorify his saints. Let us come to Romans chapter 8, verses 30. We see that today we have Christ as our glory now, for our enjoyment is in us as life and life supply. But it's our future hope and our future glory. And the Bible says that when he comes back in Romans chapter 8, verses 30, it says that, uh, Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. So the end result is going to be what? Glorification. He's coming back for us so that he may complete us, taking us into the fullest, the full glory that he is in. So it is a hope. And this is the hope of glory. Christ himself is also this hope of glory. He, we have him in us, but he's the one that we are waiting for the hope of glory, as the hope of glory. He is our hope for tomorrow. Even when you are passing through a day-to-day -day challenge, Christ is your life today and life supply. Don't worry about your tomorrow. 
He is the hope of the glory of your tomorrow. Today we may live in Christ. Today we may live by Christ. And we may live with Christ. These are so important things for us. We have got to know how to live in Christ, to live by Christ, and to live with Christ. We may live Him. We may grow Him. We may produce Him. We are living Him on a daily basis so that we may grow Him, so that we may produce Him to other people. We produce Christ. At the same time, He is our hope of glory for tomorrow, for the future. If we see this vision that the all-inclusive Christ who indwells us is our hope of glory, our living will be revolutionized. We have got to see Him that even we don't have to worry of our tomorrow. We still have Christ for our tomorrow. We have Christ for today. He indwells us. We are enjoying Him, experiencing Him. Is our life and our life supply, but also our tomorrow has been cared for. So we shall say, Lord, from now, from now on, I won't care for anything other than you. I won't care for doctrines. I won't care for ordinances. I won't care for regulations or traditions. I don't care for religion. I don't care for philosophy, all elements of this world. Lord, I care only for you as the embodiment of God and as the life-giving spirit in my spirit. And because we will say, Oh Lord, Father, because you are so real, so living, practical in our spirit, we can live by you, we can live with you. Lord Jesus, only you, you are our only desire. And our desire is to experience you in such a way, in this way, as we have read today, as we have studied today. In the name of Jesus. And what happens? Eventually, the New Testament is going to become an experience for us. Remember, the Bible charges us, according to the Word of God, uh, uh, to be mingled with the Spirit, to live in the Spirit. The Bible charges us to walk according and to be mingled with the Spirit. We shall end with these verses in Galatians chapter 5. Verses 16. Galatians 5, 16. The Bible says, This I say, then walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. They say, walk in the Spirit, meaning that the Spirit is a realm, a sphere, where we are supposed to be walking, is a land, our, our land, our all-inclusive land. When you come to Galatians 5, 25, the Bible says that if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. If you say that you live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us maintain the life of the Spirit, live in the realm of the Spirit. And this is our endeavor. So, Romans 8, 4 says that we are supposed to be people that are led by the Spirit. We are supposed to be people who are living in the Spirit, mingled with this Spirit of God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 4, it says that, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Now, we need to walk according to the Spirit 
to, to Christ, who is the very glory filled with the riches. And I pray that we may see this vision. Once we have seen this vision, it will control every aspect of our daily walk. We will do our best to see that we walk Christ, we live Christ, we speak Christ. And if we see this vision, we shall also realize how much Christians today have been distracted into other things other than Christ. They may pay their attention to good things, scripture things, fundamental things, even spiritual things. These spiritual things have taken so much of the uh, Christians today. They have been distracted by even spiritual things, including gifts. Nevertheless, these things are not Christ himself. It is crucial for us to see the Christ who is the mystery hidden from eternity, but now has been made manifest to the saints in the New Testament age. God has willed to make known among the nations the riches of the glory of the mystery which is Christ in us, the hope of glory. And this is the mystery. This mystery is the key to our Christian life and also to the church life. May the Lord bless us. May the Lord bless you today. I want to stop here, but I encourage you, take Christ as your portion. In the name of Jesus, your life will never remain the same. May the Lord richly bless you. And Pastor Dennis Matov, Freedom Experience Ministry, Kampala, Uganda. Please visit our website www.freedomexperienceministry.org Come and see. We have got several things, teachings, audios, devotions. Also, we have got our radio, Freedom Experience Radio. Listen to our several teachings on the radio. May the Lord richly bless you. And if you want to become a blessing, please go ahead. You can donate to us. You can support us. Visit our, our website page, freedomexperienceministry.org Then stroke give you will donate and God is going to bless you, reward you richly. May you be kept perfect in Jesus' mighty name. Be protected. God bless you. We love you. To get more of this message and partner with Freedom Experience Ministry, log on to our website www.freedomexperienceministry.org or find us on our Facebook page Freedom Experience Ministry. You can also call us directly on plus two five six seven zero three eight nine triple zero nine. Be blessed. Experience the mystery of the word, the redemptive power of revelation, and eternity purpose brought to light in your walk with Christ.